Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Authors, I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with multi-award winning non-fiction author and intuitive somatic mentor Stacey Webb. And I chat to Stacey about limiting beliefs in authorship, the why, the when and the how they arise, recognition and releasing them, intuition, somatic body work her books, and so much more. This is a super fantastic episode, one truly not to be missed. So in my author adventure this week, in line with the upcoming interview, I'm back to madly scheduling my time and my work. As I'm back in Perth now, new routines are on the horizon and I need to work out what I want to achieve and where it best fits in by what I was doing a few weeks back. Breaking all aspects of this hybrid author book business down into bite-sized chunks to achieve daily and going from there. It truly leaves a satisfying feeling typing achieved after each task and then reflecting over the week that's been to see how much you've actually done. Uh, It's really good. Rather than sort of doing some stuff here and there and then feeling like you've done nothing or achieving nothing. So it's back to that. So one good thing about being back in my hometown is uh, book launches. So I'll be slowly getting back into the swing of things. Venturing out tomorrow for a friend's young adult book launch in Frio. There's always something going on in the literary world and I love being a part of that. So good to be back and slowly seeing people again. Thorn Creative, where beautiful websites for authors are brought to life. No matter what stage you're at with your writing, your stories deserve a dedicated space to shine. Whether you're just starting out or have a bookshelf full of bestsellers, your website is the hub of your author business, binding everything you and your books offer together. Thorn Creative can nurture all aspects of redesigning your old site or start afresh from the initial design. They can provide ongoing hosting and maintenance to marketing your books online, saving you time, money and stress trying to wrangle your site yourself. An author website built by Thorn Creative can easily direct readers to your favourite retailers, your publisher, or simply set you up to sell to them direct. The options are endless. Thorn Creative have worked with many authors across all genres and know what goes into good, functional, working author websites to sell books. Head on over to thorncreative.com.au slash websites for authors to read author and publisher testimonials and to see what they offer and some of the sites they've created.
Stacey Webb is an intuitive somatic mentor, bringing together a blend of her qualifications to support people on their healing and awakened journey by cultivating safety within their nervous system. Stacey is also the author of the multi-award-winning book, The Intuitive Detective, a healing memoir on how following your intuition can support your healing journey. Stacey is also releasing Foundations of Tapping and the Foundations of Tapping Companion Workbook, teaching you different tapping practices to support you on your healing journey. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast, Stacey. Uh, thank you, Joe. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so oh, excited. <laughs> we are so excited to have you. Thanks for coming on, letting us know how you came to be an author. Oh, how did I come to be an author? Well, you know, I always wanted to be an author when I was younger. And over the years, I just always instantly dismiss it because not only I always wanted to be an author, but I also wanted to be a police officer as well. I wanted to help people. And as I entered into adulthood, I joined the police academy and I became a police officer. And I kind of always just dismissed the author and pushed it to the side and was like, no, well, I'm a police officer now. I, I can't be can't be an author as well. I can only be a police officer. Well, I felt that that's all I could be. And, you know, over like 16 years later, being in the police force, I kind of became conditioned to think that that's all I could do, that I didn't think I could be anything but be a police officer, that I felt that my skills uh, couldn't be transferable to anything else. And I very much was very conditioned and institutionalized that all I could be was a police officer and that was it. And in 2020, I was, I was writing, I write for myself and I received this beautiful intuitive guidance that was just saying, like, look, Stacey, just write down stories that were a part of your life when it comes to intuition. And I just did that and was writing some stories. And with some of these stories, I was writing with tears in my eyes and others with, you know, pure like smile and laughter. And as this was happening, I was asking myself, why am I doing this? About halfway halfway through, I was like, why am I writing these stories? Like, don't get me wrong, I'm loving it, but why am I doing it? And it was like, you're writing a book. <laughs> and I, I love that beautiful journey because it's a beautiful way of how I dismissed my intuition about that for so long that my intuition came around another way to remind me and let me know. And once I, oh, by that point, it was like, well, I've already started. I might as well keep going. <laughs> so that's essentially how I started. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's quite different <laughs> from the usual. But I would imagine, I don't know about being conditioned, but having that role as a police officer, I would imagine that would be all consuming. So yeah, probably feeling you didn't have the space and the time or the capacity for something else. Yeah, it would, would be a thing. I'm not sure, but I love how it's it's sort of come full circle and, it, you know, it stayed with you and, and you've kind of listened to it and, and for yourself put it out there as well. But yeah, that's that's really interesting. Well, today's focus is because uh, there's lots of things we could talk about with you, but yeah, we're going <laughs> to yes. stick with uh, limiting beliefs in authorship because that will um, probably resonate with the listeners and uh, things like that, because it's a big thing. And I've definitely experience on myself but uh yeah can you advise us on what you know some of the limiting beliefs you've come across are and what you think they might be in authorship as well yeah well I guess to start with when we, when we talk about limiting beliefs sometimes they for me they also interchange with the word subconscious fears and you know limiting beliefs are thoughts and opinions that we believe to be the absolute truth <laughs> you know that they are these subconscious thoughts that creep in and tell us that this is ultimately the truth. And when we believe our limiting beliefs, 
we are ultimately then like placing limitations on our capabilities. And so limit, uh, limiting beliefs or subconscious fears can come to us where we believe them to be the absolute truth through experiences that we've had in life, trauma that we've had in life, things that we've also witnessed that's happened to other people or even something that's happened through generationally throughout us as well. And when those things seem to happen, we may that's where we don't sometimes don't realize it. It's come it's come through our subconscious that these limiting beliefs come up. And with that, we ultimately make our decisions sometimes based around our limiting beliefs and again can limit our capabilities. And so as an author, the main type of limiting beliefs that sometimes can come up is like, I'm not an author. No one's going to read my work if I publish it. No one's going to buy my book. <laughs> Who's going to buy my book? Or, you know, I'm not good with grammar. So I can't write a book. Oh, I'm not disciplined to write a book. And, you know, I don't know how to do the process or that just seems too hard or I can't do this and I can't do that, you know, like I can't, I don't know how to do book covers, so I can't do a book and I don't know how to edit, so I can't do a book. And all of those type of things can come up. And as a result, you will sometimes perhaps decide not to do it because those limiting beliefs are in the forefront and they're in that driver's seat where you are ultimately making decisions because you are believing those limiting beliefs or subconscious fears. So... Wow. Yeah. I feel like, uh, I'm like, yes, that's me. I've said that ah, like to all of them. <laughs> and, look, and I think it's really important to understand that we all carry within us limiting beliefs. We all carry within us subconscious fears. And so if one comes up and we acknowledge that we have it to know that that's okay. And it's really great when we acknowledge that we know that perhaps we are aware of a limiting belief or that we may have just made a decision because of a limiting belief because it allows you to perhaps look a little bit deeper to perhaps allow that to be released and actually see where you can actually expand and transform and, and evolve as a result of that as well. Do you think that they come to obviously the in the beginning I guess it probably comes with experience, I suppose, as well, because I think when you start out as an author and you haven't maybe put yourself out there or you haven't done certain things and then, yeah, you're hit with all these yeah limiting beliefs, I guess. There's been different stages of my author career that different things have arisen because I've never dealt with them before and and they weren't a thing ever in my life and then because you put yourself out there then all these I call them author fears but you know limiting beliefs are probably the same yeah. thing they all come out and then you're like oh. Yeah. So look, yeah. definitely. And and these fears are presenting because, you know, it's very often that when they present to us, that that's often when we kind of dismiss it and we push it away and we, we pretend we either didn't see it and I'm looking the other way. And, and sometimes it can be seen as a negative thing. But what we can also do is we can allow these fears and these limiting beliefs to actually be a messenger to us. Because sometimes what we are actually fearing the, or the first initial limiting belief or subconscious fear that comes to us is actually a, a deeper rooted issue that's that's ready to be released you know I can tell you like from one of mine I can I'll have like well I'm not good enough like no one's going to read my work but that's also coming down if I went deep down through that specific limiting belief that I had it was also because I had a fear of being seen as an author because what if I was an author and I did a good job at that what if I was successful at that and I had to then sort of allow that breaking the identity of being the police officer, being this police officer that although I've said that I've 
felt that that's all I could do. Also, at the same time, I allowed that to be my identity for so long. You know, how many times have you possibly maybe met someone or been at a party and they're like, oh, yeah, here's my friend Stacey. Remember that police officer I was telling you about? And it became a part of my identity that I also allowed it to be. So for me, as I wanted to be an author and and broke away from that, it was also me breaking away from that identity of being a police officer. As much as I wanted it, it also scared the crap out of me. And so some of these, those deep, those limiting beliefs on the surface level of being an author deep down was also because of visibility and allowing myself to be seen as an author. Because what if I actually wrote a book that people liked? Yeah, <laughs> you know <laughs> that seems quite a scary thought, though. Like to because yeah. you you you're dealing with the fear, but then as you're saying, if you're addressing it and going down further, the actual thought of what if I actually was successful or did all that it, to me, it still seems really scary <laughs> yeah. to succeed in what you you said. Yeah. yeah, and and that allows us to step out of our comfort zone because when we do that, that's when we allow ourselves to to transform when we allow ourselves to evolve and become up leveling within ourselves but also you know we also have that fear what if I get it wrong what if I'm a failure you know Mm. what if what if people don't like me and they abandon me and what's that stemming from is it because you know is the fear of failure stemming up because in high school you failed on an essay and so all of a sudden deep down you can never do anything that's that's written related because it's all coming down from this one point in high school where you didn't get a high mark on an essay or has mm. it all come down you know from seeing someone else trying to be an author and may not have succeeded the, the way that they thought and so therefore that will happen to you you know there's all these mm. different things that that could come out that allows us to release that and allows us to you know meet and release that ultimately because sometimes we're holding on to these limiting beliefs that are way overdue of us letting them go <laughs> yeah, and so. that's why they're presenting to us they're like we're ready to let go <laughs> yeah I can agree more like I I didn't finish high school I wasn't very good at going to school and a lot of uh, gone back to uni in later life and a lot more focus since having kids and all the rest of it and actually finding a passion in writing and what I'm doing now but there was and has been always that thought well you didn't even finish high school so who are you trying to be this literary person which I just absolutely am not anyway but (laughs) I've moved on I think I've definitely moved on from that but it's taken years it absolutely has so if people are you know starting out or at any stage of the author journey they have these limiting beliefs which is obviously just fears arising in different heads and all sorts of stuff what some of the things that they can do to sort of like you're saying look deeper look down like just sit down and make a list of why they think they're feeling this way or like you said think of the outcome the positive outcome if it was to go ahead is that what they're scared of or yeah ultimately as I said when we allow ourselves to to meet them we can go through the layers and I love the work of of Byron Katie when this comes down to it as well and you know in allowing to be sort of written down or or processing through yourself internally however people like to do it and it's number one of whatever the limiting belief is is number one is this true and to seeing what comes from that and the next one is can you absolutely know it to be true so if it's the first one like I can't you know for, for the first time I wrote a book I can't be an author I you know I don't know what I'm doing is this true well yeah I I think so I I don't think I can be an author can I absolutely know this to be true 
well, no, I don't know yet because I haven't done it. (laughs) (laughs) How do you react? Like what happens when you believe this thought? Well, when I believe that I can't write a book, then I don't believe I'm worthy enough and I won't write the book and I just push it aside and I'll never do it. And then last one is like, who would you be without that thought? Well, without that thought, I actually probably would have written that book and I wouldn't Mm. write it, you know? And so when the, the next, you know, for me, when the next, my next book, as that was coming up and I was, you know, approaching my own limiting beliefs, like to go, well, can I, can I write this book about tapping? It was like, is this true? Well, no, not really, because I know tapping, tapping's my life and I'm an EFT practitioner and, you know, I, I do this work. I know I can write this book, you know, but if I was any hesitation, well, can this be absolutely true? Well, no, not really, because I already have published a book. So I know I can publish another one. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, so what's actually stemming from that? You know, is it because I'm now believing that I'm not worthy enough to be seen as an expert in EFT? So let's, let's process through that because in the end, ultimately I know I am. So, you know, allowing myself to, do I really need to hold on to this belief that I'm not worthy enough? I'm not good enough. No, I don't need to, so I can let that go. So I just, I, I love that with Byron Katie. It just allows you to sort of hopefully break things down. And again, if anything's coming down, that really then stems forth of, you know, coming down to trauma or a significant trauma that, you know, feels that you need additional support with, then th- that's when you obviously go out and get get um, additional help and allow that scaffolding to support you. But, you know, everyone can write a book if they want to. It's just uh, whether they, they wish to or not. Yeah, but no, it's and even by example there, your first book. So was that the Intuitive Detective? That was the yes. first one? Yeah. yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, so the Intuitive Detective is... It's a memoir of my life so far. So it does stem from like childhood. It does go into my time within the police force and does have some stories of um, moments of my time in the police force. It has, you know, my life as a, a, a wife, a, a mother. I've got four children. The youngest ones are twins, um, you know, uh, being a friend. And it basically it shows snippets of my life where I either listened or didn't listen to my intuition and how that shaped my life so far and the times where I do listen to my intuition you know that even the 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 fear of not knowing why I'm receiving this information and and going forth on that how that also allowed myself to go deeper in my own healing journey you know everyone is on some type of healing journey and some people are are happy to to walk on that path and and really allow some release some some stuff and some people aren't ready yet and there was a time when I definitely wasn't ready and I share that within the book and it just sort of gives people a bit of an insight that you know intuition can be more than just that gut instinct as well there's actually some really beautiful layers and beautiful different ways of intuition and how we can receive it and so I share that throughout the book in in stories of my life to hopefully see how perhaps they may resonate with the reader and allow them to perhaps even have more of an awareness into their own intuition and you know as cheesy as it may sound be the detective in their own healing journey because again like you know when sometimes those little aha moments come in to go oh well I remember when that happened in the past and yeah okay and and you know those little moments sort of filter in and you might actually start being more aware of when your intuition is actually communicating with you because it's just so subtle and so you know soft in wanting to communicate with us and our egos can be really loud and can overshadow it and you know make sustain our comfort zone hence also like being an author you know that the, the ego can overshadow and goes no you can't do that because you know 
you've you've got all this other stuff to do first you don't have time to write a book you've got all you know you've got to work you've got to do this you've got to do that and that soft little voice is just seeing it coming in going just write just Mm -hmm. put the pen on paper or type on the laptop and and just write and see where it goes no that's amazing and do you feel like with that book obviously uh it sounds like quite uh, pouring your soul out as well that maybe you let go of being a detective in in that book then you stepped into authorship and then you've gone on to the next one yeah yeah it it really it was allowing the beautiful transition of phase in my life you know like now I work as an intuitive somatic mentor and I you know support people on their healing journeys and allowing that to happen you know through our nervous system and that stems from you know years of being a police officer where I'm surrounded by people in trauma um, and and experiencing trauma in various states you know allowing people's nervous systems to feel somewhat safe so therefore that they can you know either release anything or feel that they have the strength or courage or resilience to continue forth in something else that might be really hard for them um it's just this beautiful new phase in my life and and with that includes being an author so Mm. it's exciting no yeah absolutely is and (laughs) can you tell us a bit about you know the intuitive somatic mentorship as well how how do you work with people in in that regard what kind of practice is that (laughs) yeah so I I do work with people in 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 with their subconscious fears and their traumas and so sometimes we may not know what our you know know what our traumas are but we're just knowing that we may not like life as it is or you know we're wanting a desire and a change in that and sometimes people are, are wanting to work on a specific event that's happened to their life but my work is when I work with people with trauma that they don't even need to say their story of their trauma for them to be able to release the trauma within their body. You know, everything is energy. We are energy first, physical second. You know, you can feel the energy of a room, for instance, you know, when you walk in and you can sense that energy. It's, you know, it's all because of energy of of what's been there. You know, you can meet people and you just get along with them so well, or you might have a vibe that goes, oh, not that that person. And that's all because of energy as, as well. And so it allows people to, be upon on their healing journey, which can be overwhelming, but knowing that they don't actually have to say the words of their story so they don't have to be re-traumatized by the the trauma that they may have experienced or they may not have realized may have made such an impact in their life as we process through things. And so with that, I um, use things which are like um, somatic body work. So it'd be more in terms of light somatic movement that you would do yourself. No one's touching you as this happening because my work's predominantly on Zoom. And just allowing it perhaps even slight movements of the body, um, slight movements with the hands, allow EFT tapping. So, you know, doing tapping with your, your hands on your fingertips, allowing breath work. And what that's ultimately doing as using that type of work and bringing forth somatic work that comes forth with that, it's allowing people to become aware of their body. For some people, they have probably never have any awareness of their body at all. And allowing that creation of safety in our body. You know, we can't truly release fear and trauma that's stuck in our body without the body feeling somewhat safe, you know. And for some of us, we may have been on survivor mode for a really long time or on autopilot for a really long time or in dissociation for a really long time that it may, you know, it's different, you know, different bodies take different ways for it to feel somewhat safe. And when that happens, though, that's where the magic happens. (laughs) And so it's also allowing them to become aware of their body. 
because when you are aware of when you're feeling activated, when you are feeling triggered, you are able then to, you know, go, okay, now my nervous system's feeling dysregulated. What do I need to do to help it become regulated again? Yeah. If, if, it, if it warrants needing to become regulated, you know, sometimes we need to be in dysregulation and the whole, the whole point in life is that we go up and down in regulation and dysregulation that we're, we're never supposed to stay regulated like constantly. Yep. Um, <laughs> but what we're, what we're not supposed to do is we're not supposed to stay stuck in dysregulated. We're not supposed to stay stuck in fight or flight responses, we're not supposed to stay stuck in freeze or fawn responses, but sometimes we are as either as, as a result of a certain event or it could be a, a combination of events and may not even realize it and all of a sudden you're in a free state and you're feeling depressed and you can't get out of bed and you have no idea why and so it's like well yeah I want to work with someone but I actually don't know how I even got to this space and that's also where I come in come in because it's more about I don't need to know how you got there it's more about how is the body feeling now how can we get the body to feeling safe so then you can actually also becoming aware of how your body is reacting or responding and that's where you know the beautiful part of life is to get yourself regulated and Mm. dysregulated in the right appropriate moments yeah well it sounds like super important work and and also I take it the foundations of tapping book and the work workbook uh are they they that well that's your second book are they the books that people want to practice that type of technique themselves and that's something that will guide them through yeah, so the Foundations of Tapping um, is an invitation of inviting EFT and other tapping practices into your life. So EFT is emotional freedom techniques, or it's otherwise known as tapping, but there's also other different tapping techniques that is really been able to support people on their healing journey. It support people's, you know, when they're stressed, when they're frustrated, when they're angry, you know, when they're sad like all these different things you know you could be tapping because you know your children are arguing and it's just making you frustrated and allowing you to to support your your nervous system in a beautiful way and so the this book the foundations of tapping book teaches you how to do tapping and different tapping techniques (laughs) and allows you to invite it into your life and allows you to have that autonomy to to use different tapping practices and how you may be able to use it into your life every day and the accompanying workbook allows you to use worksheets if some people like to use the worksheets and allows you to go through the process of that. So in the Foundations of Tapping, I talk about limiting beliefs because I talk about how tapping can help you support going through the layers as you process those limiting beliefs. And I also do talk about the work of Byron Katie in there. So there's that in there for reference. And there's a, it just allows you to go through different things and, again, use the companion workbook to write those things out and allow you to support that processes. It's done in a what I like to say is a trauma-informed way because, you know, again, as we start to tap in, sometimes, you know, people like to say, you know, tap on the thing that most activates you and most triggers you. But sometimes that may be just actually too overwhelming for your body. So I have a practice in there for you to be able to decipher which category you place them in. And, you know, if it's too overwhelming, that's where you get support because, you know, we're humans and we we need connection and our nervous systems need connection, that we can get that support that way. And if it's something that you feel you can do yourself, then you would tap on yourself using those techniques. And it's just another beautiful way that just allows people to have something to support them on their healing journey, whether it's they prefer to do it themselves, they're not ready to go out and seek any more additional help and they just need this first or perhaps they just need something a little bit extra in their life and thought that they would just try it out so mm, it's a bit yeah. of everything 
Yeah, well, it sounds amazing. And I like the workbook because I think that, you know, writing for me is very cathartic, whether I'm just making something up. I just feel like I've always been better expressing myself through the written word and, you know, to have that accompaniment to to the book yeah. is uh, really cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and also just allows you to go back, you know, as in the workbook, you will, you'll be tapping in and there's a 30 day practice and it allows you to sort of go through and you can sort of maybe see, you know, at the beginning of when you started tapping, how, you know, the reasons why you may have done a tapping round and why you've used it. And you might actually start to see whether that's, you know, how that's helping you, how that's supporting you and that I'm not tapping on these things anymore. I've actually moved to another thing now and allowing the support of something else in my life. And that initial thing actually has no, you know, high activation for me anymore that it, that it used to have. And I'm feeling I'm responding better to things and I feeling more comfortable within myself and or I've allowed myself to step out of the comforts of the <laughs> of the comfort zone and 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 tried something new. You know, if it's like I I can't write a book because I'm no good at grammar, and just allowing you to do a tapping round of that and what comes from that, and actually maybe seeing down the track to go, well, actually I I have supported myself so much and now look at where I am Mm, yeah no that's wonderful and and with yourself uh obviously your first book and 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 probably the second one it feels like maybe the limiting beliefs were around sort of identity and and things you know stepping into another identity or releasing one and then the second becoming an expert on in your field and uh yeah I mean have you had any other limiting beliefs around uh when the books are put out into the world like the promoting rather than the writing of them or (laughs) the publishing yeah well so my first book I um I had a publisher the amazing Karen McDermott from K&D Books was my publisher I love Karen (laughs) I love Karen and um and Karen's actually been my mentor so I could self-publish these books so I did have some limiting beliefs up like that oh I can't do it myself no I I need I need Karen with me in in that publisher capacity or it's you know I I do have limiting beliefs that come around marketing Um, I sometimes do find it a bit challenging to to talk about myself and in a way because I've you know been such in a in a law enforcement I don't need to you know promote my job (laughs) there's always something there for me that to to having to do that in a different way is is new to me so at first off there is some LinkedIn beliefs as to whether I can do that because it feels uncomfortable sometimes but I know that that uncomfortable doesn't always mean it's bad it's just I'm learning something new there were big limiting beliefs coming up because I was self-publishing this it was like well you know I I can't format this book you know but I did format this book and I did it did a damn well good job of it I'm so proud <laughs> of myself know, that I've done it <laughs> but it's a hard part but at the very beginning I was like oh no I can't do that and I was like well, why don't I just try what's the worst that can happen is that I don't do it and I pay someone to do it but why not just try it? Because, you know, I have a big, for myself, I have a big perfectionism. I am, like to say I'm a recovering perfectionist. And so <laughs> my big thing is a fear of failure and, and, and a fear of not getting things right and seeing, like people seeing my failures because I always felt the need that I needed to have everything right. But I've been on this beautiful journey of embracing the fact that I sometimes don't get it right and to know that, you know, just because I didn't get it right of what I initially thought was going to be doesn't actually mean it's completely wrong in in the life itself and it's a beautiful lesson and journey but it's taken me a really long time to even acknowledge that because it was a really big hard perfectionist <laughs> well I, I just what's coming to mind is your website I think on it you introduce yourself as perfectly imperfect I think yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. And it's been such a journey for that, that like for me now, it's like I truly feel and embody that, you know, and, and that's what I love about it. And everything that I, I do, I do truly genuinely think it's a full authentic part of me now, you know, this tapping book, I talk about tapping in my first book. So it's tapping has been a part of my life for so long that I love the fact that I can actually share tapping in this way. You know, I'm also a this beautiful teacher archetype within me that I have to, I like sharing my knowledge around and not feeling that it needs to stay in. And so when those limiting beliefs were coming up, it's like, well, but also you need to share your knowledge, Stacey. So if you aren't going to write this book, then you're actually not, you're giving yourself a disservice. You're not doing what you're, what you said you want to do. So it's like, okay, well, I need to meet that because, (laughs) you know, Clearly, I I do want to share. So yeah, yeah. And I think um, I think probably authors are like uh, the worst for this as well. I did an interview with oh, his name was Philip Strang. It was the last one that I put out, and he had said, you know, I can write a competent book. And he just said that anyone who is an absolute perfection and perfectionist or whatever, he's like, you're just never going to publish if if you're waiting for your book to get to perfection. Uh, you know, it's and I've I've spoke to other people who are like, this is good enough and I'm going to go for it sort of thing so it's and it's not to say that good enough is not great or whatever but you know just this perfect needs to piss off (laughs) yes perfect and for me now it's to go actually Stacey perfect doesn't exist Mm. perfect is just in in the perception of what I believe it to be you know and and what is perfect to me is actually me just to now try my best and I but I'm saying that I always do remind myself because sometimes our limiting beliefs our subconscious fears are you know when we're actively working on them and you know we're, we're working on our on ourselves and on our healing journey they like to get sneaky and come in different ways and so you know I I do at times have to remind myself and go aren't Stacey that, that that that's trying to be a perfectionist there and we don't do that anymore. So what is it <laughs> like, that we can let what is it that we can let go? Because yeah. you know, and but yeah, I think it's always allowing myself to give myself grace and compassion. And for any other recovering perfectionists out there or just everyone in general, you know, when this when a limiting belief and this subconscious fear comes up, is just allowing yourself that grace and compassion because there will be, you know, those dense, heavy emotions that may come up, the the shame, the judgment, the guilt you know, anything else that might start to come up that, that then starts to feel really heavy. And when we start to do that, we start to dismiss or we run away or we hide it in a box and we just hope that no one else will ever see it and, you know, goes deep into the ground. But if we just allow that to go, well, all emotions allow to, you know, be witnessed, heard, held, then sometimes that that can allow it to be shift and that stagnant energy can start to rise. And, mm. you know, Sometimes we're made to go, we actually are holding on this guilt. Do I need to hold on all of this guilt? What what can I let go? And with that, you know, when it comes to my somatic work, is that to totally go, okay, well, with that, I actually just feel so much, you know, less tense in my shoulders because that's where I carry my guilt or I carry my guilt in my back or, you know, wherever it is for that specific person because, you know, it all mm. it's all in the body and the body's all going to lock up at some point. Absolutely. And I think um, I love what you're saying there because, you know, be kind to yourself and, and self-speak because as authors, especially, you know, I, I independently publish nonfiction. I put that out myself. There's issues along with that when, when you self-publish too. But 
traditionally publishing, trying to get a traditional publishing deal, lots of rejections coming through. And in the past, I used to heavily self-bash when that came through, you know, really the negative emotions and talk would come in really, really bad. Now, nowadays, not so much. And the confidence has obviously grown or, uh, as I've done this for a long time. But yeah, I think that we need to adopt what you've everything you've just said there and um, be be gracious to ourselves and yeah, but bit kind as well. So, but you've, you've shared so much, Stacey, already but do you have any sort of closing words or advice to authors who you know experience limiting belief bubbles popping up throughout their careers uh anything else that you want to add uh it would always just and it's and it would be always what someone else will say as well and and it's always said because it's always one of the the most beautiful parts is just to to start writing to start writing and allow yourself space to do it but that will the end bit will always be there Mm, oh, I love that. Thank you so much. Well, what have you got working on in the future? What's next? What's what's coming next? Third and fourth Yes. Book? Yeah, uh, I am going to be in an anthology that's coming up with with Karen McDermott. That's uh, Hear Us Roar and that's coming out in November 2023. And there's definitely more books myself coming out. Um, I definitely see a lot more in supporting first responders into their mental health and well-being through a somatic lens. Not all first responders are very open to wanting to to seek help and, and the, the stigma around that's starting to change, which is nice. But I, I love the fact that with doing it in somatically also allows them to not having to talk about the experience that may have, you know, caused them to be triggered or or feel that they've you know experienced a big trauma response you know there's there's many in my own career as a police officer where that's happened and I you know for some of them it's taken me years to even talk about it but if I knew that that somatic work was actually there I would have actually probably tried it and so that's why I'd like to really allow that different lens and allow that different perspective to come out and I use obviously first responders because I feel that that's uh, I feel that I, I can speak about that really well with my own experience and and how they can incorporate that into their to their life even while they're working because that's the hardest bit because you are you know you go from job to job to job that you feel that you can't do anything for yourself because you are there to you know that the ultimate goal is to help others and you'll think you'll always help yourself later on and it just never happens because you do a 12-hour shift and then you are so tired that you know you've got to go home to your children and you'll have this quick five minute or ten minute drive or wherever you go on the way home and that's all you're going to get and then you know you're going into the next set of chaos of life and it's so much, it's so easy to put other people first before you. And um, if we don't take care of ourselves, the cup gets over full. And I've seen too many first responders not be here as a result of it. So I feel mm. like that needs to change. Absolutely. Oh, goodness. That sounds like such a powerful book as well as all your work, which <laughs> is just amazing. So huge congrats to you. Where can our listeners find all your books online and the in stores? Yes, um, so they're all um, online at online major retailers that you find, your yeah, Amazons and uh, Barnes and Nobles and, you know, here in Australia, yeah, Angus and Robertsons and all that type of stuff as well. I am, uh, I do have a website, which is uh, stacyweb.com.au. Use the AU part, otherwise you'll find some other amazing Stacey Web, but it won't be me. Is it um, web, web with a double B? <laughs> yep, S-T-A-C-E-Y-W-E-B-B.com.au is my website which has my books and my intuitive somatic mentoring. I'm also um, on Instagram a lot, which is underscore Stacey Webb. And you can also find out my Facebook page, Stacey Webb, as well. 
Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Stacey. That was incredible. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast for so long. And I'm just absolutely ecstatic that I'm on here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it means so much. <laughs> So there you have it, folks, the absolutely inspiring words of Stacey Webb. And I can't wait to put Stacey's tapping tips to the test, which I'll let you know how I go as I'm going to be giving this a go in the coming weeks. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have award-winning young adult author Amanda Betts, AJ Betts, chatting to us about her body of work. I wish you well in your author adventure this next week. That's it for me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you are further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.